Hello, happy humans. It's Greg Kettner with the Work Happy Podcast, and thanks for tuning in. Hey everyone, just a quick update. This podcast was recorded back in January of 2021. And I had the privilege and the pleasure of hanging out with Bill and getting to meet him face-to-face at the ALSD Sports Conference in Las Vegas last week where we both spoke. He was the MC, and he was very gracious to hang out with me and give me some more insights into speaking, training, and coaching. So enjoy the conversation with Bill Gertin. He's a gem of a human being and a hell of a sales guy. Enjoy the podcast. Hey everybody, it's Greg Kettner with the Work Happy Podcast. We're thrilled to have you back with us. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you leave a review if you like the show. And if you don't like the show, don't do anything. Just share with your friends. But uh, today, uh, a a really good friend of mine, I actually read his book, The 800-Pound Gorilla, about 15 years ago when I was selling hockey tickets for the Vancouver Canucks. And here we are 15 years later, we're friends and we're helping each other out. So please welcome my friend, Bill Gertine. How are you, Bill? Hey, Greg, Greg, virtual hug to you, sir. It's yeah, good to absolutely. Be, <laughs> good to be connecting. And it, it seems so weird to think that it was that long ago that I've had influence, but I, I'm grateful to you for having mentioned the book and grateful for you to have me on the program. Yeah, no, well, I really appreciate it. Not only the book helped me in my sales career, but it allowed me to get to where I am. Uh, to now being uh, a speaker and a coach and a podcaster and to meet people that helped me along the way, you know, all this time later, I, I think, I think it's a pretty cool so, circle. So I'm, you know, thrilled that you're on, on, uh, on the show today. Um, the show is about happiness, how to work happy. Uh, let uh, our listeners know where, how you got started. I, I know you were broadcasting and you, you started the sales training, but how did you, what was the progress and how did you get to working happy, which you do now? You know, I, I don't know that I've never known anything other than working happy. I love the title of your podcast. because yeah. People ought to be able to go to work satisfied at least with themselves making a difference. And I think if you had to make an overall statement about what work happy to me might be is how many people can I be of service to today? How can I make their lives better, more interesting, more valuable, more worth living by the efforts that I put in nine to five or whatever your workload happens to be? And I started that many years ago. I, at 16, I was the youngest licensed radio broadcaster in the state of Illinois. And that's what I really wanted to be. Now, at that time, I was really not into the service part. I just wanted to be on the air. I was this giant ego that had to be satisfied to be on the air. So <laughs> I got on and, and I, was, I was doing morning drive at 18, which is on a 50,000 watt station, which was pretty wow. unusual to think. I mean, that's a blowtorch as far as stations are concerned. And I'm just in the south suburbs of Chicago. So this thing was going into Northwest Indiana and Chicago. And what, what ended up happening was I figured out where the money was and yeah. where I could be the most service to people. And it was not on the air. Uh, spoiler alert, if you wanna make a lot of money, don't be a DJ. <laughs> the, the, what I found is that I had more of a reason to serve others in the sales department. And so at 22, I figured out, okay, this is what I need to do. And so for a number of years, not only did I sell airtime for the radio station in the form of commercials, I became sales manager and began to train other people to do that. I then moved to another station nearby and 
became sales manager and then general manager of that station, actually owned a piece yeah. of that station for a time. And then I saw this, the iPod. Remember these? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's 15 years ago. <laughs> I took this out from under my door. It's been a doorstop for a while, just to show as a, 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 an example for things. Yeah. And what I saw in this was the death of local radio. I said, if you can put a thousand songs in your pocket, what do they need us for? Yeah. And so I, I was wrong at that time because obviously yeah. radio is still alive and thriving. But what it forced me to do is to look at what else I could lend my talents to yeah. that I could do. And in many ways, fast forward 20 years, we're all in that same place right now. Yeah. You know, maybe this iPod is the coronavirus. And <laughs> we say, hey, we see this and we say, what am I going to do now? Because I, what I do may be obsolete or not needed, at least right now. Yeah. And so what I did is I looked and I kind of did an inventory of the things that I wanted to do. I wanted to be a published author. I had no idea what I was going to write about, but I wanted to be a published author. I wanted to be a public speaker. I thought that was really cool that you could get up yeah. in front of people and do that. Because I was still kind of a ham and I wasn't able to do the broadcast thing. So this is another way to do that. Uh -huh. I thought... Man, it'd be fun to be in sports. And so I had all these weird, disparate things that were kind of out there. And so I started doing, in my spare time from the radio station, just little conference-like speeches for 20 minutes on customer service and on team building. And those who are in the speaking business will tell you when they first start out, you speak on anything. You know, they say, hey, can you speak on, you know, uh, team building or social media or whatever? Sure, I can speak on that. And so you just go ahead and figure out what it is you want to say and you just go do it. Yeah. Uh, where you really become more valuable to others is when you, be, when you find your niche, that thing that others know you for. Yeah. And those who have been professional speakers would tell you, you need to be known for what you know. And if you're a generalist, all they know is that you know a lot of stuff, but it's not very deep. It's kind of like, you know, six inches along the ground all the way across. Yeah. Those who have done exceptionally well in speaking or in anything, really, in my opinion, is that you get to know something really, really well and you drill down really deep. Yeah. And so that's what I chose to do. When I, I had the opportunity to speak, there was a gentleman who came up in the front of the room to me to say hi afterwards, and he had a White Sox jacket on. Yeah. Come to be Tom Sheridan. He was the director of ticket sales for the White Sox. And he said, you know, we could use a guy like you selling or helping us train our salespeople to sell tickets because, you know, there's a few guys that go around the country and do this. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> and so that became kind of the goal that I had for myself that moment. And, and we all go through moments, Greg, and I'm sure you've had them too, where you had this epiphany of, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And so that becomes kind of the catalyst for everything else that goes on. And so that really led to my developing a sales training program for sports and entertainment, those who sell the tickets. And I've been having a good, great fortune to have worked with over 100 different teams now uh, in the US and Canada and Mexico, all from this little thing. That's great. Evolved, I guess, to the yep. point where I love getting up in the morning, even as difficult as it has been the last 10 to 12 months. Yep. Because as you may have noticed, there are not a lot of people in the stands. It's <laughs> the my world dried up in yep. a very short period of time. And I was left to trying to figure out what I was going to do in this dry ocean bed that I found myself in as a career. And 
you know, I, I almost had to look back at when I had this iPod mentality of, my gosh, there's not going to be anything here for me. What I really looked at is what can I do? What can I provide others? Yeah. And I had the studio. This is how I spent my summer vacation, Greg. I built this studio <laughs> in my home because I felt as though this is something I can do. I'm fairly decent in front of the camera. I can speak fairly eloquently. Maybe there's something I can do virtually that would be good. I had a keynote speech that I developed about 18 months ago that was supposed to be done on the stage. Yeah. And it had to do with mental health and right. the workplace and the observations that I have had with young salespeople that try sales and fail. Yeah. And I did some study on how that is and, and what the characteristics of those people who succeeded and those who did not. And I called this speech, the seven voices in your head. That's great. And I began to kind of construct this stage performance yeah. whereby it would be, you would hear a voice over here in the left channel and a voice over here in the right channel and there's sound effects and there's music. And it actually culminated with a piano performance of me singing a parody song with the seven voices behind me in perfect harmony. <laughs> I love it. Do you have, do you have a cliff notes that you can give us? I mean, cause it's all about, and that's what this podcast is for. We're all, at times we all struggle, but when we're happy, um, but this kind of information exactly, especially with mental health, right? During COVID, it's even worse. And there's days I wake up, I'm like, all right, Greg, choose happiness. And you know, your point, Bill, when you said you're definitely the happiest now with what you're doing. Um, I think throughout our lives, we have, we have peaks and valleys of happiness, but the more happy we are, the more fulfilled we are. And I know what joy it brings you when you see the light bulbs go off on these sales reps guys or the managers and going, this is exactly what we needed because you're making the sales reps happy because they're fulfilled. And when somebody goes to a sporting game, like you and I love hockey and football and baseball, when we're at that game, we're happy. And so the fact that every day you're sharing your happiness with other people, it just, it's a snowball. So we, we enjoy life, but I'm assuming that you have days too. Sometimes you wake up and like, oh, it's another day that ends in Y. What am I going to do? They have run into each other. They have. And yeah. I, I think what the, the most challenging part of my life for the last 10 or 12 months has been, gosh, I know that I've been of significant value to others up until just recently. Uh -huh. But that group, that small group that I cater to in sports no longer needs, or at least currently, no longer doesn't need what I have. I felt a lot like the typewriter repairman, where you know, it's, it's a really good thing. You know how to do something really well, but it's not necessarily anything that anyone needs anymore. And so yeah. I've, I have gone through the last several months some real self-analysis of what is it that I can provide others? What, uh, what else makes you happy, Bill, besides what you do for your work? You know, I have... Uh, we, we have a, a, a rescue dog and we've had several rescue, rescue dogs in our lives here at the house. Yeah. We're actually playing grandparents to two of my son's dogs okay. uh, while he's yeah. doing something with his house right now. Several months he lives in Myrtle Beach, which is yeah. 1500 miles away from us uh, or so. And so we, we get joy from just hanging out with these three dogs. Uh, yeah. There is such joy in pets and, and having somebody that that kind of appreciates what it is that you do for them that has given us joy in this time of more solitude than we are used to. I play the piano too. 
Okay, great. One of, one of the things that really gives me joy is to be able to hear something on a TV show or hear a new song or something and actually try to work it out on yeah. a piano. And I've been gifted with that as uh, one of the things that I've got in my toolbox. And so uh, I have done several Zoom events for groups that I'm a part of, my alumni association of my college and yeah. uh, the speakers association group that we have here in Illinois to be able to host sing-alongs and stump bill in terms of like doing you know not karaoke necessarily but just you know let's play along with this and have some fun with it and you know yeah. we, we and i've i've put down more than my share of alcohol doing that too and it's uh, <laughs> and it's just a lot of us so i guess it's the virtual piano bar yeah uh, that well, I've and, and that's great well let me know next time i'd love to join in now that reminds me of a, a, a story and and how even um, anybody can work happy, whether you're a professional or not. When I was working for the uh, the WHL Seattle Thunderbirds, we played in Key Arena. And uh, I've always been a uh, first concert I ever went to was Billy Joel, a uh, huge fan. And he was coming uh, to play Key Arena, but our offices weren't in the um, in the arena because that was taken by the, the, the Sonics. So we had offices off site, but I found the, the posting that day for the concert right because they they have the soundtrack and all that and they'll post it out what the time is and so i conveniently booked a, a meeting downtown <laughs> during sound check because i'm like i gotta go just i just want to be in there by myself in an eighteen thousand seat arena listening to billy joel and so we got there and, and the band started playing and they started doing the sound check the guitars and stuff and then billy joel came out and he sat down and by now i was kind of you know come in where the Zamboni goes out. So we're kind of by the stage and there were some other, you know, uh, people in the arena there, there's probably four or five of us. And here's Billy Joel, like five feet from us. Uh -huh. He's like, Hey guys, how's it going? We're like, Oh, pretty good. You know, like he was even talking to us and, um, but he, he just had such a joy about him. And uh, he goes, who's going to the show tonight? And I go, I already got my ticket, but I work here kind of. And I, I wanted to hear the sound check. He goes, What's your name? I said, my name's Greg. He goes, well, I'm Bill. I'm like, yeah, no shit, Bill. Um, <laughs> and he goes, what's, what's your favorite song? And I said, well, uh, themes from my Italian restaurant. And he looked at me, he goes, all right, Greg, this one's for you. Scenes from my Italian restaurant for Greg. Oh. And he played half the song. And he's like, you know what? That's a long song. I never meant to be that long. <laughs> he goes, who's next? And the guy goes, I love Elvis Presley. He's like, what's your favorite Elvis Presley? So he went through, he didn't have to, but he shared this story. This was 25 years ago. I'll never forget it, right? He sat there, he made every one of us feel important, made us happy, and I know it made him happy. And he'll never remember who we are, but I'll always remember that moment. And Bill, uh, Greg, I have to think that Billy Joel knew exactly what he was doing at that moment. Yep. It may have come spontaneously from him, but because of his knowledge of who he is and the influence that he's had, that he was intentional in doing that. And he doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't do it to build his own reputation. He's already got plenty of fans. <laughs> he does it so that 25 years later, right now, yeah. we are talking about him. And the joy in that is not that we're talking about Billy Joel, but of something that anybody can do, whether it's music or whether you're a boss of somebody or whether you happen to just see somebody on the street that needs help crossing the street with their groceries. You know, it's that memorable moment for you to be able to help others get joy into their lives 
that we all have the opportunity to do no matter what we do or what, matter how we interact with others. Yeah, no, so that's so true. And, and so many uh, uh, good night nuggets in this conversation, Bill. Uh, but before I let you go, uh, two more quick things. Where can people reach out to you? What's the best avenue to get a hold of you if they need what you offer, the, the, the training, the sales, the, the culture, all those sorts of great things? Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. There is a, a website called the7voices.com, T-H-E-7, number seven, voices.com. Yep. You're welcome to reach out there. Uh, my training services themselves are at the800poundgorilla.com, which yep. happens to be the name of the book. And they're always welcome to reach out to me at bill at the800poundgorilla.com. And that is my email. I answer every single one of them. Yeah, no, I know that for a fact, because when I was getting into the speaking business, I was like, I, I Googled um, uh, coaches and training for sports and, and you came up uh, repeatedly <laughs> and I reached out to you. I'm like, I read this guy's book. I wonder if he'll, he'll respond. You know, I didn't know how many minions you might have <laughs> that replied to the emails, but you know, a day later I got a, I got a email back from you and, and here we are talking on this podcast. So I appreciate that. Uh, one final thing. Uh, one thing that makes me really happy is ice cream. And I wanted to know what your favorite ice cream is. Chocolate chip cookie dough. There you have it, Bill Gertine on a silver platter. What a great human being. Um, if you ever get the chance to meet Bill or hang out, please, please do. Thank you, Work Happy Nation, for tuning in yet again. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review, a five-star rating if we deserved it, on your smartphone device under the podcast app. You can find us there. You can listen to any of the downloads. Um, or the podcasts at gregkettner.com slash podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will talk next time. Work happy. Have a great day. Cheers.